You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. On this edition of Big Drive Energy... The last one of 2021, we discuss our favorite moments from the PGA Tour in 2021, the PIP Player Impact Program, and who looks to win that. We give you our four major predictions for next year, as well as Fairway or Four. All right, let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. What is up, everybody? Welcome in to the last edition of Big Drive Energy of the year 2021. It's been a crazy year for everyone, uh, especially in the in the world of golf, um, world of COVID. We we all know we're all living it, but we had an overall great year, especially for DNVR Golf and the Big Drive Energy Pod. So we're gonna do a bit a little a little bit of recapping that. We're gonna recap the 2021 PGA Tour and some of our favorite moments. Talk about the now controversial winner of the PIP um, from the PGA Tour and get into little predictions for next year, what uh, majors we're going to predict each major from both of us. So sorry if my voice is kind of weird and I my words are jumbled. I am still uh, not COVID, I'm COVID-free currently, but uh, struggling a little bit. I am your host at Big Drive Spence, and this podcast is, of course, always brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. I'm here with my co-host Mitchell Smith. What's up, dude? How are you? Haven't seen you in a bit. I know, man. It's been a minute. I mean, uh, Christmas was a lot of fun. Like you said, this year with COVID, it's been really weird. They're, they're canceling bowl games all over the place, and we all love bowl season, which sucks horribly. Um, they just canceled the World Junior Hockey Tournament, which kind of sucks because we haven't been able to watch the Avs since, what, the 21st of December? Yeah, and Is it's that... all been, like, canceled and then, like, re-brought in and then, can't like... 
we thought we were going to have games tonight, and then they got canceled again, and now they don't play till the second. It's, like, ridiculous. Yeah, and in all honesty, like, hockey, what the what the fuck are they doing? Like, I really am still trying to figure that out. Between the NHL really having no plan, <clears throat> excuse me, between them having no plan and then, I mean, the NBA still playing, the NFL still playing, what are we doing here, you know? Like, how can we not figure this out on some sort of level? Um, and allowing taxi squads, I guess they're they're trying to figure it out, but I think they're just fully taking advantage of the fact that they basically didn't cancel the hockey Olympics, but um, not they're not allowing NHL players to go over to the Olympics and not even giving them a choice, which kind of sucks. I mean, it's better for the NHL, but imagine if this is like the one year you could ever go play in the Olympics and you are good enough and you get selected, whatever, and you can't go play because of COVID and you never get to possibly do this again. Like that would really, really suck. So I really feel bad. And same with all the kids, all the seniors graduating that aren't playing football anymore. Like this is the, their last like career football game ever. And that gets canceled because of COVID. Um, So it's just been a, a shitty, shitty couple of weeks for sports. I mean, it was good to see the family, good to do all the stuff. I, I cooked a mean prime rib on Christmas. I think Spencer can attest to that. You did. It was fire. It was fire. Um, but, yeah, I just hung out and had our fair share of alcohol. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, no, we don't do that. What? We don't do that. No, we're, I'm, I was sober just reading the Bible. Um, <laughs> but it, it's been good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Definitely a slower time at the golf course, which has been nice, too, so getting a little bit of downtime. I've been napping a lot lately. I'm a big nap guy, uh, which kind of comes and goes because during the summer, I never get to nap, but when I can, I, I love to catch some midday Z's, so I've been doing that, too. Yeah, I, I just actually took a nap myself, but I always wake up like feeling like I'm in a different year. I don't know where I am usually when I nap. I... I I can't just take a nap and wake up and feel normal like I just slept for 40 minutes. It's normally, I'm an entirely different stratosphere of life at that point. Yeah, you can't, you can't like let yourself get into the REM sleep, I think is how I interpret that. Like I'm not a huge sleep scientist, but I think if you sleep long enough, then you get woken up in like the middle of REM sleep and that's what really fucks you up. Um, but I think I just nap for usually, I think I just nap for like 30 or 40 minutes. And I felt great, like just popped up, bunch of energy, fresh new day, like might go to the bar after this. You know, who knows? Who knows? The whole day's in front of me now. I got my whole life in front of my my, my face right now. After, exactly. How, uh, how are you doing there, pal? I'm doing good, dude. I've just been uh, fighting this fighting this little sickness for a while. It's kind of getting frustrating at this point. I... Uh, I don't know what you say you're you, did you say you're down with the sickness? I am <laughs> I am most definitely is that A C D C no, Avenge Sevenfold, no. Corn. Corn. With a K. I, I think it's corn. corn. I, I don't know. Corn with a K. That I used to that that song used to bang in the gym, dude. Oh yeah, if that didn't get you going, I don't know what We were so hard listening to that back in the day. Um, but no, I am down with the sickness currently and it's not like I don't have a fever or anything. I just have like a sinus thing and coughing and it's just kind of runny nose i'm sneezing just like you know your typical cold which you can't have anymore you can't have a cold anymore it's just it's you're healthier covid so 
Yeah, I was going to say, I think everybody, well, there was something on the news the other day that's just, I, I really don't understand, but they said, assume any sickness is COVID. It's like, what the fuck are you trying to do to people? Like, you have a sniffle and just assume it's COVID, you know, like, come on, get a fucking grip. Yeah, I think it's in the in the in the best interest of everyone to kind of assume that, but at the same time, you shouldn't. If you're if you're that worried about it, you know, go get tested, whatever. Let's not get into this. I'm so sick of hearing about it, talking about it all. It's just it's running the world nowadays. So, uh, let's get into. Yeah, let's talk about some golf. Yeah, let's get into a little golf, man. Let's get into the 2021 uh, year on the PGA Tour and some of our favorite moments. So why don't, why don't you lead us off, man? Why don't you give us um, one of your favorite moments from the PGA Tour of this year, and and uh, kind of talk about why it's why it was one of your favorites. Um, I think that well, I, this is pretty obvious, but Phil Mickelson coming out of nowhere and winning the PGA Championship was just a massive moment, and for many different reasons, but partially because of his age, he's fifty-one now, correct? I believe that is um, correct, and. He, so he became the oldest major winner ever, which is that in of itself is awesome. But then just Phil being himself in the iconic fashion and at the iconic venue, Kiowa, um, was just unbelievable. And I think that that did some crazy views, I'm sure, some crazy numbers. But yeah, it was just such a fun event to watch. Him and Brooks Kepka battling it out down the stretch, like that was must-watch golf. Um, and just to see Phil be able to do it again. And I think, I mean, we're going to get into it, but that, that win, I think pretty much catapulted him up into winning the, the PIP. Um, I forget what that stands for, uh, personal improvement plan. That's what I, um, let me get that here. Anywho, I I don't think that Phil wins that without winning the major this year. You know what I mean? He he had a lot of eyeballs out there. It kind of player impact program. Player impact program. Okay, I like that. Um, I definitely don't think he wins that without winning the PGA. So awesome for him. Awesome for golf. And just to to show. the old guys that they can still do it, you know, like Phil, he's 51. He's, he plays on the champions tour, but every time he goes on the champions tour, it's like a fucking pitch and putt for him. He wins like literally every time he's out there. So I like that he's staying on the regular tour competing and sticking with it and, and still grinding it out. I, I think it's a blast. So that was, that was a major moment for me. Yeah. I think uh, just like you said, Phil Mickelson is a golfer that as he's, over the hill and past the age of 50, I think he relates to a lot of the golf fans. Uh, like a lot of young golfers and golfers our age grew up with him kind of in his prime. And then a lot of the older golfers, the 35, 40 year old people that golf still and love the game of golf, grew up with Phil Mickelson being like a young gun, like on the PGA Tour, coming out of Arizona State and being fun to watch. First of all, he's left handed, so it makes him a little different. He hits crazy flop shots, which. Everybody tries to do. I mean, shit. The company you you're sponsored by, Callaway, has a, has a Phil Mickelson grind wedge for God's sake. So that's how much he's made like an impact on basically club fitting and and the way clubs are built nowadays. Because 
uh, he hits such amazing flop shots, and he's always been a short game wizard, but has never really been able to share any of the spotlight because of Tiger Woods. And now, you know, Tiger went through a really rough 2021 and didn't even technically play on any PGA Tour events. And Phil Mickelson getting to come in and, like you said, at an iconic venue, he could have easily folded like a cheap suit and lost to Brooks Kepka in that last day. Like, there was a two-shot swing on the first hole. That could have easily folded him, and and he could have let, you know, Brooks, who's kind of a major big-game hunter, win the tournament, but he didn't. And, of course, as we when we talked to Ryan Adams, and he told us the story about being there and just seeing the crowd, that was definitely one of the better moments of, of 2021. Um, I'm going to share a, a cool moment. It's more of a, a series of moments, but... I think it was really cool to see Patrick Cantlay win the Tour Championship. And not necessarily, not a huge Patrick Cantlay fan. It's not like I love the guy. I mean, I can take him or leave him. But the way he did it with the putter and the way he looked with the putter was one of the more unreal things that I think I can ever remember watching. It was like it was like a, a borderline a couple tournament stretch where he couldn't miss anything. And well, yeah, when he, when, he had the, when he won in that playoff against Bryson at the BMW. Like that's when his putter really caught fire. I, that that was actually the next thing I was going to bring up that I thought was super cool uh, was watching Patrick Cantlay just get absolutely unconscious with his putter. And and I'll be honest, I think me included, like you just said, you were kind of ambivalent towards him. Like you could take him or leave him. I actually really like the guy now. Like I think, and one of our, our <coughs> good buddies, Tom Sullivan, um, I asked him earlier this year. I was like, "Who's your favorite tour player?" And he was like, uh, Patrick Cantlay. I'm like, what kind of fucking answer is that? That's like the most vanilla. He doesn't say a word. You, you, nobody really knows it. He doesn't have a personality. You know what I mean? I was like, how can you love a guy that <clears throat> truly shows nothing? And he just, he's got a very, he's got a very, very good golf swing. Like, it, but it's very vanilla. There's nothing unique to him. He, he wears plain clothes. He's, there, there's really nothing that jumps off the, the screen about him. But then once he got into that playoff with Bryson and really kind of showed his teeth, like how tenacious he is on the course and how uh, like relentless he is and then making all those putts. And like you said, and ultimately winning the tour championship, I, I, he made a fan out of me this year for sure. And I, I didn't expect that. Yeah, he, he is kind of a vanilla dude, but he's also got like the, he's got the clean look, like he's the clean vanilla dude, and he's got all the foot joy stuff, and just the, wears black a lot, and, and kind of keeps it, keeps it chill, so I, I enjoy that. He's like that dude that, and he plays all titleists, like he's like the guy that shows up at your club, all the foot joy, all the titleists, and I wouldn't say he thinks he's better than everybody else, I mean, he actually is, but if a dude at your golf course shows up looking like that... He for sure thinks he's better than everybody else, um, so I uh, I don't necessarily recommend playing with a guy at your local club that that looks like that. But I, I mean, Kayla actually showed that he does have a little bit of like personality, and 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 then he showed that at the Ryder Cup too. So that my next moment <coughs> was one of my favorite moments of 2021 was the the slaughter by the water um, where. The U.S. Ryder Cup team demolished the European Tour team or the European team at uh, Whistling Straits this year, and I think it was the biggest deficit ever, or tied for the biggest deficit ever at the Ryder Cup. Um, uh, 
I'm not going to look it up, but I think... Yeah, it was the biggest margin of victory ever in the Ryder Cup. Okay, yeah. I mean, we won 19-9, and it was really lopsided all three days. They came out hot the first day, kept kept the foot on the gas, and then finished them off in the singles, which is something that the U.S. team has historically struggled with, is the singles where... Um, Europe just really comes out, even if U.S. has a lead after the first two days. Uh, the European Tour team comes out with their foot on the gas pedal, and they all kind of rile themselves up. But I was reading um, a little bit, because Steve Stricker was the captain this year, and and I think he's kind of like a player's coach type of guy. Like I think the guys really enjoy playing for him and, and being um, in his corner. And he was like, you know what? I've never won a major, but this felt this was my major. Like I felt like this was my ultimate victory in golf, which is super cool, especially because Stricker's a Wyoming or Wyoming, um, a Wisconsin guy, and Whistling Straits is in Wisconsin, so it was kind of a home game for him. And the U.S. just went out and fucking stomped on their throats, like from front to back, which is something we haven't seen in forever. Like, I mean, we were just hoping the U.S. would win. I think I predicted that the U.S. would lose. And that's really the thing is year in, year out, the U.S. team, if you look at their their tour numbers and everything, is generally deeper, like with the quality of players on their team. But the Ryder Cup is just a completely different situation. You know, it's you can't really describe it, but the European tour just or the European team just comes ready to play every single year. So the fact that we could. uh, get out there this year and, and kind of change the tide a little bit i thought was awesome yeah especially at whistling streets which is a, a really tough golf course i've actually played there i'm not sure if i've said that or not or get you, out. you get knew the that fuck out. You, but you've played there <clears throat> that's a real tough golf course and a real real big <laughs> big win for the united states <laughs> um speaking of winning that'll kind of segue us into my one of my favorite and this was once again a couple of moments over the pga tour season but we had a couple of guys that hadn't won in over a decade come back and win tournaments, and just the resurgence of their career. It's like it's like if Tom Brady went into hiding for ten years, or just became a mediocre quarterback, and then in ten years won another Super Bowl. It's not really related. More like a let's say let's say if Aaron Rodgers wins a Super Bowl this year or next year, hopefully for in a Denver Broncos uniform, there you just go. going off for so long. So we have. <clears throat> Lucas Glover, um, who was actually a guy I really liked as a kid because he was a Nike guy, had a real big beard. He kind of looked different than a lot of the PGA Tour guys. Just had a, had a. He's got some issues that we won't really talk about. Um, <laughs> but as a, as a yes. golfer, when when we t- when we talk about people, um, when we talk about people, we're talking about their golf, not their issues off the golf course. Um, but or yeah, his wife's issues. <laughs> but, um, but either way, I, I yeah. Another reason you probably like him is because he doesn't play with a glove, and I I know you don't play with a glove either. I am no glove gang. I am bare hands gang, and I will probably be that way for the rest of my life. So. And how ironic is it that his last name is Glover, and he is one of like a handful of guys that doesn't wear a glove? I mean, that's he, just he should legally change his last name to Gloveless. <laughs> or Hander. <laughs> Jesus, I don't know about that one. Um, but so yeah, we had Lucas Glover that won for first time in a decade at the John Deere Classic, which is an all-time fun event to watch because it's just a birdie fest. And Glover made five birdies in the last seven holes of that tournament to 
take home the championship. And then a guy that his career just like completely resurfaced this year uh, is Stuart Sink. And his last win was in 2009, I believe. And then he won the Fortnite early 2020, I guess it would have been, to start the season off. And Fortnite. <laughs> the Fortnite. And then uh, he won the RBC Heritage. So and he was that that made him the only the fourth player in PGA Tour history to win two tournament event uh, two events PGA Tour events in a single season at uh, at or over the age of forty seven years old and he did it with his son on the bag which we talked about in a podcast like the cool father son aspect uh, I was watching a PGA Tour rerun the other day of the Arnold Palmer Invitational where it was Westwood and. Um, Bryson DeChambeau taking it down to the last bit, and it was just cool to see Westwood with his wife or fiance, I guess, at the time on the bag. It just that's something that you don't get anywhere else, you know. Like the closest we'll ever get to that is like, well, I guess Ken Griffey played with his son in sports and stuff like that. But there, it's very few and far between. But in the PGA Tour, you know, you got brothers working with brothers. Basically, you win, you win as a golfer, but you also need your caddy to win, win golf tournaments. So that was just a cool story from the year and Stuart Sink just becoming kind of a, a force and having a few more top tens and just winning a couple of events and was one of the only guys to do that this year is awesome. Yeah. Stuart Sink is, like you said, was his last win the British Open? Or I know he, he won the British Open in 07, I want to say, against uh, Tom Watson. Um, but yeah, he, it was the 2009 Open Championship. Yeah, was okay. It was the 09 Open was his last win. Yeah, that's insane, dude. And then he comes out and wins twice this year. Like, what a resurgence! And and we've talked about it multiple times before. But golf is just such a grind, and and really the people who stick with it the longest are usually rewarded. And to come out 11 years later and win twice in a year when you haven't won in over a decade, like that's that is super cool. And and that's the thing with golf is you never know when that good golf's coming around, and that's really what what keeps people playing and keeps people grinding. Like, and he can afford to. That's really the difference between like mini tours and and the PGA Tour. And obviously, it's much harder to get out on the PGA Tour to start with. But um, you don't see anybody grinding on mini tours for ten, eleven years and not winning. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those where you're not making a living unless you're. You're just that dedicated. You're just driving around in the back of your car by your, you know, sleeping in your car by yourself. Um, and, and golf is your entire life. But many tour guys generally cannot afford to, to keep playing and, and keep doing their thing. So the fact that Stewart, and I'm sure he lost status at some point and had to regain it. So uh, just kudos to him for sticking with it. And I mean, I, I'm not going to make it sound like some sob story because he's a multi-millionaire um he's doing just fine for himself he had a really good career but for him to come back and and do what he did this year was pretty darn cool yeah and on a a little smaller of a level uh, talking about glover and sink he also had rory mcelroy come back into the winner's circle this year and jordan spieth who even though jordan spieth like you wouldn't think like all right I'll, i'll give you a guess when was jordan spieth's last win before his valero texas open win um, wasn't it the British Open in 17? It was, exactly, which is insane because he's um, he t- he won three majors before the age of 25, and then everybody's like, oh, he's coming for Tiger. He's, you know, we've seen so many players and so many people that have done that same thing, like 
they win a ton. Rory's another guy. Colin Morikawa is a guy right now that people are talking about like that, that they're like, oh, he's ready to come for the record, and then you realize how longly sustained your good golf has to be. And then what Tiger did was just so amazing, and everybody seems to fall off. But Jordan, nobody's going to scoff at Jordan Spieth's career, and he's still got a lot of good golf left in him, especially every time he plays in a tournament down there in Texas, he's going to have, you know, be one of the odds-on favorites to win it, so. Oh, for sure, yeah. And, I mean, we don't talk about Jordan Spieth that much on this podcast because I was never, like, especially during his really good golf in his career, I, I wouldn't say I wasn't a fan of him, but there's just certain things, um, like the way he treated his caddy and the, you know, kind of the sensitive way he walked around the golf course and, um, there was just a few things I didn't like about him, but golf has a, a way of humbling you, and it definitely humbled Jordan Spieth these last three years. And it, it also makes him more relatable. You know, like I actually liked him more this year than I ever have because he really did struggle um, in these previous years. And to see him come back and, and do what he did, and I, I think it really stemmed from a, a swing change that he needed to make because he was. I don't. I won't go like too in depth with it, but his hands at the top of his backswing were a little too far behind him. They were a little too deep, so he was swinging it a little too far from the inside, and which causes either pushes or hooks. And you can kind of see when he would follow through, and he was releasing the club so far away from his body. So this year, you saw him more. Like, uh, did you watch his his? pre-shot routine at all this year Spence especially with the driver I did not actually I well I didn't okay. I didn't recollect it let's put it that way okay yeah I mean he was swinging super low and left basically trying to imitate like a slice move and what that's meant to do is get your hands more out in front of you in the downswing and not get so far caught behind you that you you end up getting caught inside and and kind of hanging on that back foot and flipping at it like, you can see Jordan doing a lot, of, especially off the tee with the driver. Um, so I thought uh, him making that swing change was big, and just getting a little bit more neutral with his club path in general is going to give him a lot better chance at getting off the tee because that's where he was really struggling. He's always a pretty good iron player, and uh, we all know what kind of damage he can do on the greens when he gets hot, but you gotta you got to put it in play off the tee. So I think that was his big big key to success this year and I'm I mean he's he's great for golf him Justin Thomas um all these this younger crop of players is is awesome so uh, John Rahm um everybody like there's a lot of big wins this year for big big name guys so that was really cool yeah and uh one last moment that we have to have to go over is just how awesome it was that even though it was out of the blue and no one bet on him and I didn't make any money off of him but Hideki Matsuyama becoming the first Japanese-born player to ever win a major. And the the cool, that might go down as one of the best photos of the Masters ever, of his caddy after the 18th hole, like, standing next to the, the hole and bowing towards back towards the golf course. Just, like, it sounds so cheesy, but it's just no, like... No, dude, it was just, it gives you chills almost. Like, the, the mutual respect that his caddy and Hideki have for that golf course and, and just the respect in general for that course, but to have the presence of mind in that in a moment like that when everybody's around you like freaking out and raising hell and you just take a few seconds to reflect like holy shit we did this kind of thing and just just the respect for, for augusta i yeah i, I would say that is going to be one of the coolest photos 
probably in, in Masters history, like you said. Yeah, it's like way there's not even a photo that I can remember of Hideki lifting the 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 trophy, but that photo will live in everybody's mind. Just that 18th green. There's just no scene like that in golf or in almost any other sport because every other sport, you know, the Super Bowl moves around all the other like different venues, but you know, you're going back to Augusta every single year and, and, and getting stuff like that. So that was awesome. I agree. <coughs> I agree, bud. All right. Um, so we are, do you want to, do you want to talk about our, our sports gambling real quick? Should yeah. Do that? Oh yeah. So, uh, speaking of me not winning any money on Hideki Matsuyama <laughs> in the masters this year, we're about to give you guys some picks uh, through the DraftKings Sportsbook for next year and for the majors, so you can hopefully cash out. But DraftKings Sportsbook is getting you right in the action as the NFL winds down and we're getting to the playoffs? Playoffs? Playoffs. Playoffs will be here before you know it. And at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, the offers are getting even better. New customers can bet $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if you do, that's $200 in free bets. You got, can't miss out on this action. If you haven't gotten into DraftKings yet, you got to do it now. There's so many profit boosts. There's so many uh, no-brainer bets just like this one. All you have to do is take $5, put it in your account, and you could win 200 And if you're good enough at this, which I sometimes am, sometimes I'm not, you can make $200 last a long time and just have a lot of fun. You know, you're watching, you're going to a game that you don't really care about. You put 10 bucks on it, all of a sudden, boom, you care. You're cheering for a team. They also have the same game parlays, which I lost all of mine this weekend, but uh, I was close. I was really close on a Broncos one, other than the fact that Javante Williams only had eight yards rushing, but we won't get into that. But that same game parlay, you can combine multiple bets from the same game and add to your payout. And you can kind of choose the numbers, too, which is cool. You can like choose a certain number of rush yards that you think a player will get or pass yards and, and combine them all into one game and make one bet that has a bigger payout. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DNBR and bet $5 on any NFL team. You win $200 in free bets if they win. Promo code DNBR. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Alright, so speaking of making money, like with the DraftKings Sportsbook, uh, we have the Player Impact Program. And we've actually got some controversy coming out today, as we record this December 29th, 2021. So it came out earlier this morning that uh, basically Phil Mickelson was going to win this thing, right? That's what that's what was like reported on Twitter, blah blah blah. Uh, and a guy named uh, Eamon Lynch at E A M O N Lynch on Twitter said, "I asked the PGA Tour about Mickelson claiming that he won the eight million dollar PIP bonus." Tour says PIP runs until the end of the year, and there's week a weeks long lag in reporting metrics which means Tiger in the PNC could still be outstanding. Then independent firm must verify. Mickelson might win, but he hasn't yet. And Mickelson did tweet today, um, which is kind of what got everybody talking. Or maybe he didn't tweet it. Let me find that here. No, I think he did tweet something about it. People been talking. People been talking. He Well, yeah, so he did seven hours ago from the time that we're recording this. He said... I'd like to thank all the crazies and real supporters too for dot 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 helping me win the PIP. 
To get the second half of the money, I have to add an event I haven't played in a while. See you in Kapalua. So it sounds like he's going to play the Tournament of Champions uh, next week. Why wouldn't he? Yeah, like that he's going to go to Hawaii. Man, that sounds like it sucks. Uh, yeah. P.S. Wow. He said, P.S. I'll try to find another hot, controversial topic soon. And now that I'm reading this, I'm actually going back to thinking about he tweeted five days ago about COVID, which, you know, everybody wants to talk about COVID, and I think everybody's got an opinion. COVID's one of those things that everybody has an opinion on. I'm not going to get oh, into my opinion, because this is a golf podcast, and I'm not a doctor. But going back to his tweet from five days ago, when he asked about COVID and the Omicron, Omicron, Omicron and blah, 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 especially for those who won't. What a boomer move of you to say Omicron. <laughs> God. How boomer. I am a boomer. I'm almost 30. He said... Please, he said at the end of this tweet, please no hate, I'm just curious. That tweet has 6,617 responses, 11.4 thousand retweets, and 55.8 thousand likes. So, he's making a late push for the PIP, which as we know, um, we talked about a little bit earlier in the year, and I've actually got some more details on it, I won't get too, too boring with you guys, but... Basically, uh, it's a program designed to reward the players who have the biggest positive impact on our business. Literally speaking, it is a $40 million fund of money earmarked for the top 10 finishers of an internal player impact program points list, which uses five criteria to rank tour players based on how much attention they bring to the game. It was ratified by the tours board in March of 2020 and went into effect on January 1st of 2021. The list will refresh at the beginning of each calendar year, and it's not tied to the tournament's wraparound schedule. And this isn't from an article by Dan, Daniel Rappaport of Golf Digest, but um, basically what happens is, is we talked about this before, but uh, so this is, this, this is how it breaks down. This is the five different search engines, or if you will, the metrics that they use to give someone the PIP. So um, Google searches... How many, play, how many times a player's name is searched for? Players will only receive credit for searches related to them. So Adam Scott won't benefit simply from having the same name as the actor. Sick. Uh, Melt, Meltwater Mentions tracks how often a player is mentioned across global media. MVP Index, a measure of a player's reach on social media. A Nielsen score, how often a player is featured on the television broadcast. Tiger's Nielsen score will be off the fucking charts when he starts playing again. And, yeah, that's a little fucked up. And uh, a Q score, which is a decades-old measure of an entity's familiarity and appeal. None of the five criteria are related, are directly related to a player's on-course performance, although an informed player will certainly be featured would be featured more often on broadcast and in Google searches. So any PGA Tour player who played more than five events in the current season and at least won the preceding five seasons. So Tiger Woods then is eligible to win the 2021 Grand Pies and will be eligible for 2024 even if he never plays a tour event again. So pretty insane stuff and the $40 million gets split, uh, $8 million to the winner, $6 million to second, third through six make 3.5, 7 through 10 make $3 million, and the 11th place finisher will get no money. And next year, next year, um, this fund is actually increasing to $50 million for 2022. So it's going to get even, they're going to have even more money in that, in that kitty for next year. But, uh, 
there was another tweet today that came out um, that basically was stating, uh, talking about Phil Mickelson was like, uh, with his tweet today, was he trying to get a last-minute push in this? And um, <clears throat> so... Sean Zach, Sean underscore Zach tweeted, claiming that you've won the PIP before the final standings have been tabulated, just to juice your mentions even more. Chess, not checkers from Phil Mickelson. And he tweeted right after that, last minute move, dot, 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 checkmate with a winky face. So we've got some controversy here. We've got some controversy, Mitchell. Oh, dude, well, and I mean, with that kind of money on the table, that that is the tough thing, though, is, is it's all the guys... Um, like Max Homa reportedly was not in that top 10, which really sucks because I think he's known in the golf world as one of the best followers on Twitter, and he won this year. So, I mean, really, what more can a guy like that do? So it's it really is going to end up, like I saw a few guys um, tweet out their disapproval of the pit because the money could uh, be better used elsewhere, like in bolstering Corn Ferry Tour purses or like just in in different areas you know but i mean in this day of social media and and really like tv and and media and everything taking over the world like it has you really have to reward your your top guys for bringing bringing eyeballs to the sport and who who better to do that than two of basically two of the the biggest living legends of the game right now and and phil mickelson and tiger woods um, I also saw Phil reply that uh, to a tweet that said, mentioned something about Tiger coming in second, and Phil was like, yeah, I know what that feels like all too well with the winky face. So, I mean, he understands, like, how big of a, a deal this is, and it's it, it's not like it's going to go on his career record. You know, nobody at the end of the day is going to care 10 years, 20 years from now who won the, the player impact program. Um, but I think his, his grandchildren and his grandchildren's children will probably uh, feel a little taste of that eight, eight million cool bones. So, uh, but that, that's what's crazy too is Tiger, like you could tell Phil went out of his way this year to become more active on social media and to engage his, his followers and, and to really talk about controversial things and really get people talking about him and, you know, replying to him on Twitter and all that and tiger literally did none of that he got in a car accident he was in the hospital for four months or however long he comes out of nowhere plays a father-son event and i mean let's be real here i'm sure tiger's gonna have to uh kick a little money down to charlie because i think a lot of those mentions at the pnc were probably equal charlie and, and tiger you know so if they're saying charlie and tiger um I, I'm sure Charlie had a pretty good, pretty good Christmas, but I think his dad needs to kick him down a few bones uh, for all the mentions they got at the PNC. But it just is amazing how he made basically zero effort to like somebody else controls controls his social media. You can tell it's not him tweeting all the time um, from his own account. So it's it's kind of just boilerplate shit, sponsor stuff. You know, thank you for this, blah blah blah. But he still is that polarizing that he he got that many mentions and searched that much. So, and and honestly, it'll be kind of cool to see how how this unravels like through the long game of of because Tiger and, and Phil are two of the more tenured guys out there, you know. So they're going to be more well known 
foreign careers. So their their names are getting Googled, even if it's not current. You know what I mean? They're they just people are looking up their careers and discussions and things like that. So if it is talked about, like like you said, Google searches and stuff, um, guys that really can accumulate a, a good career on the course will ultimately get Googled more and, and looked up more and, and that kind of will kind of turn directly into money in their pocket. Does, does that make any sense? Am I, am I just fucking talking out of my head? No, it will. And, and I think like you said, discussing the, the portion of where they're talking about like give the money to the Q school or I guess the web doc. No, what's it called now? The corn fairy tour. Jesus. <laughs> the Nike tour, the Nike tour. But I think this is like a stepping stone for that where the, Yes, are we giving millionaires even more money? But yes, that's the when you boil it down to the the littlest portion of this, it, that's the truth. But there, the goal of this is not to give people more money just for no reason. The goal of this is to give people more money to bring more outside people to the game of golf, which then enhances viewership, which then grows the game more, which then enhances payouts for every single tournament all the way down to the corn fairy tour so i think it's a a, like a trickle down effect once you get into you know past the nuts and bolts of okay all you're doing is seeing who can be the most popular no that's not really the case like if these guys are actively trying to be more popular their name will be searched more by more people then that means that more people are coming to the game of golf and and that's what you know the the game of golf in general as a as a whole has really tried to capitalize on these last two years and you know we've talked a lot of shit about covid but covid you know past what it's done to families and lives like i'm not not really getting into that and i'm not a doctor but the game of golf has been revived because of covid there's so many people playing that didn't play before there's so many people now watching golf that didn't watch before and and we talked on the last pod kind of getting some ideas for uh, how to make golf more interesting to watch because even though a lot of people are playing it doesn't necessarily mean they're watching it but just a little example for you here i came home from work today and Kylie, my fiance, who's just a new golfer, you know, she's a COVID golfer, been golfing for about a year and a half, two years. Like she's watching women's golf on TV right now. And, you know, that was like a cool thing to see. It's like, whoa, like she's like interested in seeing how they're doing and, and how they're doing certain things. And all of this boils down to the fact that it's just bringing more people to watch golf and more people to pay attention which then generates more people paying for tickets to go to tournaments, more sponsorships, more, you know, like a sponsor of a tournament will pay a lot more money to the field or to the purse if they see that there's a million people watching versus 700,000, you know, they have their eyes on that many more things. So long story short, it's a giant trickle-down effect from these players not being more popular, not being cooler, funnier, whatever, just bringing more outside people and people that aren't really into watching golf um, into, into it. And then, and then it grows from there. Yeah. It's, it's really going to be interesting how this all kind of comes down. I mean, it's a lot of money and I, I think that it's, I like the PGA tour has got its head in the right place with a lot of this stuff. Um, it's, it's almost like hockey a little bit where even when they, um, even when they think they're doing something good, people still poke a bunch of holes in it and they kind of can't win for losing type thing because there is a lot of people out there that hate the whole PIP deal. But I think overall their head's in the right place and they're, they're trying to think more futuristic and, and really try to get ahead of it a little bit in terms of 
where the where the game is headed and, and where they're getting the most clicks and what age demographic they're trying to attract. So um, I think they're they're heading in the right direction. They still got a little ways to go, but uh, I, I I do like the the direction that they're heading in right now. Yeah, they're they're being very forward thinking about the entire aspect, which is not like a lot of leagues where it's the opposite. You know, like the MLB is the worst at probably like showcasing their players the MLB the NHL are horrible and the NFL I mean the NFL is really never going away just because it's that popular but I would say (laughs) Adam Adam Silver also does a pretty darn good job of of forward thinking and and development and and social media things like that but I I would that's the tough thing is golf is not a a major four sport you know what I mean so it's really got to kind of carve its its niche into viewership into a demographic and and things like that where like you said there's i mean how many people golf and don't watch golf so that's that's what they're trying to to find out and and really turn that around where everybody that golfs and is interested in golf finds somebody polarizing enough on the pga tour or find a, a tournament polarizing enough to want to watch that event you know so uh yeah like the mlb like you said is just tragically bad like mike trout is supposed to be their their star of the league the face of the league and he plays for, first of all he plays for one of the worst teams um in the la angels or the anaheim angels whatever and second of all you hardly ever hear a word from him you hardly ever see him like the yeah baseball is just so bad at marketing their product it's laughable oh yeah exactly and the pga tour is trying to be stay away from that and move into a fa- like supporting their players and getting their players faces out there and getting their entire brand out there as a whole so mm-hmm. all right so speaking of the pga tour in 2022 we're going to give you guys our picks for the four major championships for next year so we're going to record this obviously this is recorded it's a podcast but uh we're going to kind of go back on this we do have plans so in 2022 you guys like Hop on our YouTube channel. We are gonna we are gonna make it a point to be live at the end of Sunday of every single major event. So we'll be down at the DNVR bar, uh, doing a live show, maybe having some guests on, either Hank again or RK again, somebody like that, where we can, um, you know, recap it in, in real time instead of a couple days later, and and get your um, give like real time feedback on what we thought of the tournament and <clears throat> stuff like that. So. Make sure you tune into those for the majors next year. Um, but So let's start out with a real quick list of the majors and the courses that they're all at. So the first one we have is, of course, the Masters, April 4th through 10th in Augusta, Georgia, uh, at uh, Augusta National, of course. The same spot it is every single year. Um, I feel like it's a little earlier this year. Maybe not. It feels like it's like about a week earlier. Like it's almost. It's usually um, is it Mother's Day? I don't think so. I thought that was something else. Maybe I'm wrong. No, U.S. Open's Father's Day. Yeah. Uh, but it's 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 usually the same weekend every year. So yeah, that is a little that does seem early. I thought it was usually the second or third week of April. Yeah, it's kind of like the fir- basically the first week of April. But all right, could Mitchell. Be completely wrong. <clears throat> it could be that week every year. I have no idea. Who is your pick for the 2022 Masters tournament? That's a tough one, man. Um, I'm gonna go Jordan Spieth, and I, like I said earlier in the pod, I'm not 
a crazy huge fan of his. I became a bigger fan of his this year, but <laughs> I, I really think with the, the career resurgence he's had, and he does have a good track record at Augusta. He's played well there, um, and he's a great putter. That's the biggest thing is putting on those greens is uh, is one of the biggest challenges there is on tour. And then to boot, it's also a big right-to-left style golf course, and like I said, he, he does like to hit the draw. So a draw by his player is generally going to succeed more there. Um, so I, I do like Jordan Spieth at the Masters this year, and I who knows, I could be, you know, like I, I'll just preface it like this because I could say this after every pick, but um, I am no, I am not a doctor, like you said. I don't know who's going to win. Who's <laughs> Jordan Spieth could miss the cut, but I do like Jordan at the Masters pretty much every year. So all right, so Jordan Spieth Masters, mark it down. All right, my pick for the 2022 Masters at Augusta is going to be Rory McIlroy. I think this is the year he finally had a little career resurgence. He looks like he's figured it out. Uh, That will finish his grand slam for him. He's been close quite a few times. He always goes on crazy runs like he did even two years ago in November. He was already out of it, unfortunately, and Dustin Johnson just blitzed the entire field. But I think he shot like... 10 under the last day or something like that made some crazy crazy run at it on the back nine and he's got the talent to do it and I think his game's back in the right place and I I think he's going to feed off this late well late year but early season success that he had um, winning at Quail Hollow stuff like that so I feel like Rory McIlroy is going to be my 2022 Masters champion I I mean that that would be awesome I hope he I hope he can pull it off I hope is that even a sentence? I hope he can pull it off. Yeah, I think that's correct, oh, Grammar. God, I, well, I don't know. I, I just had the biggest brain fart ever. Well done. Um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, big big English talker here. Uh, yeah, I, I think it would be awesome. We'll see what happens. But you just every year you have that same hope for him at, at Augusta, and it's been pretty disappointing ever since he uh, had that lead going into Sunday and, and gave it away with the putter pretty early missing a couple of short putts and the nerves and hopefully he's at a point in his career where he can get over that and really kind of tackle that feat so we will see what happens but i do like that pick love it love it all right moving on pga championship may 16th through 22nd at southern hills country club in tulsa oklahoma your pick go Ooh, i'm gonna go justin thomas um i think I think when he was playing, I could be wrong about this also, but I don't think I am. When he was playing in the national championship at Alabama, I think one year they did play at Southern Hills. Um, and so I think he's pretty familiar with the course. A lot of those collegiate guys, because <laughs> Southern Hills is not a, a really, really well-known venue, but they did play it. The NCAA does use it a lot. So I, I like uh, the guys that played well in college, like, you know, Justin Thomas, for example, to uh, go out there and and do some well. And he's a really good wind ball player because he doesn't spin it that much. He just hits that knuckle off the tee, that high knuckly um, little draw or little fade off the tee. So, uh, and Oklahoma is known for it's it's pretty windy venue, and it's going to be hot. It's going to be spicy. He's and Thomas, being from Kentucky, knows what a, a fucking sweaty ass summer day looks like. Um, in Oklahoma, so I think he can handle the 
handle the heat, and I look forward to seeing him have a good year this year too. So, All right, I'm going to go with a little bit of a dark horse here. Uh, the kid that went to Oklahoma State, I'm going to go with Ricky Fowler winning the – his first wow. his first major, he's already won the fifth major in the players, um, but I'm going to go with Ricky Fowler. I feel like he found something too at the end of his um, at the end of his career, or career end of his year this year, and you know got to go for the fellow Cobra Puma Cobra Puma <laughs> Jesus Christ Cobra Puma staffer, uh, my guy. So uh, Ricky Fowler is always a fun dude to cheer for. Super likable guy. Talk about a guy that's building his brand once the Little kids that grew up wearing all the orange can get on Twitter and Google. They're going to be lighting him up in that PIP rankings. But my pick to win the PGA Championship is one other than Ricky Fowler. I like that. Yeah, going a little outside the grain here, you know. Yeah, that that moves the needle for sure. All right, next tournament, June 13th through 19th, we have the U.S. Open at at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. Mitchell, go for it. Um, I like Brooks Kepka. I I just can't count him out at a U.S. Open. He always does so well in the majors. He hits it straight. He has that little baby fade. And if I can remember correctly, uh, Brookline is definitely not a, a course you need to, to overpower. So I definitely think that he'll be able to, um, you know, hit irons off of tees and really put himself in the proper spots to succeed uh, and just <laughs> – just not make not make those mistakes, you know, like that you can't make at the U.S. Open. But I am really looking forward. I've never really watched an event happen at Brookline, so I am really looking forward to that because that is a, an all-time good venue. So it's going to be a, a really, really fun watch. But I'm rolling with Brooks Kepka at the U.S. Open. Yeah, Brooks Kepka is like an auto bet in any U.S. Open, so that's just kind of how it goes. So I'll, I'll applaud you for that. He's won a couple in the last five Thank years. You. But I'm going to go with uh, Bryson DeChambeau. And you said it's a course you don't have to overpower, but he's going to do his best to do that. And I think uh, I think the U.S. Open is one of those things, you know, we got the whole Bryson versus Brooks debate and constant rivalry, whether or not they're friends or not, who cares, but they still have a rivalry on the golf course. And I feel like the U.S. Open is one of those things that Brooks has kind of dominated, that Bryson, if he can win one and and just kind of uh, cement his name in, in a, with another major this year. Uh, I don't think the Masters is for him. I think as much as everybody wants to believe it is, it's not. You know, the PGA Championship in, in Oklahoma, maybe, maybe for him. But um, I, I look for Bryson DeChambeau to win himself a, a U.S. Open this year at uh, the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts. I like that. All right, moving on to our final major, which is kind of sad because, shit, we got April, May, June, and July now with the the change of PGA Tour schedule over the last couple of years. But uh, the Open Championship at St. Andrews Old Course, July 11th through 17th. Who takes home the trophy there, Mitch? Have I mentioned that I've played the Old Course? I don't know if I ever have. Oh, I, I think so. I don't know about Maybe it on the podcast. A time or two. I, I knew that. I didn't yeah, know that. Um, I think I shot like 74 there, but not a big deal uh playing the whites i was playing the back tees ass hat um but i do like uh louis ustazen to win the open this year and he's been very close multiple years i actually think didn't he let me let me do a quick research of where he's won he's won a major 
wasn't it at St. Andrews in like 2011 or something like that? That's what I, yeah, I, I mean, I had it in the back of my mind. Um, nature wins. Because I think, he won, yeah, he won the 2010 Open Championship. So Was that at he, St. Andrews? Um, yes. Yeah, so he's already won there, so good. You're, you're horse for a course. There you go. Good one. Good yeah. one. I didn't even remember that he won it. I knew he won an open, but I couldn't remember if he won it there or not. Um, but he's just these last couple of years, he's been so close in so many majors. Like, and his golf swing is so elite, and his game is so good, and just the way he carries himself on the golf course is so nice. Like he, he is always smiling, that big Shrek-looking, fucking goofy-ass smile. And, uh, he's just a fun-loving, happy dude. Doesn't doesn't let the uh, golf course beat him up. And that's really what you need at the Open Championship because the weather, the conditions can just batter you. You can just be beat down by the end of the week. But he keeps a good attitude. He kind of stays in it. And uh, I, I think that'll propel him to a another victory at the 2022 uh, Open Championship at St. Andrews. I love that. So my, uh, my mind is telling me to take um... – a guy that has had a great had a great season this past year was up there in a couple of tournaments. Great ball striker Lee Westwood, but I think for my official pick, I'm going to give out the king, Tiger Woods. I think by the time it gets to July, he's going to be ready to roll. We saw him as far as striking the ball this last tournament in the PNC, like not hitting it too hard. Obviously, he's not like if the USO or if an, PGA Tour, if he was in a PGA Tour event next week, he would have roughly no shot, but. He's still got another six to seven months before that that rolls around, and I think maybe if he takes a new approach and does swing it a little easier and, and keeps the ball in play more, of course we know the Open Championships are not a tournament where you need a lot of drivers. You know, you keep the ball in play, especially at St. Andrews. So uh, I look for Tiger to win the Open Championship this year at St. Andrews. It's a bold strategy, Cotton, but I... As long as he can walk, you know, that's kind of the big thing. And like you said, give him another six months and see where he's at. But talk about doing TV numbers. You get Tiger at St. Andrews, one of the most iconic venues in golf history. Um, that's just a, a crazy combination. So that would be, if you see him in contention, there is going to be a lot of eyeballs on that tournament. Oh, 100%. His Q score or whatever that is is going through the roof. <laughs> Yes, sir. <coughs> uh, I, I like those picks, buds. Yeah, I feel like we got. I feel like we have one of eight winners in there. So. Yeah, bet them all, and you'll, you might get one of them. Exactly. All right. Well, before we get into this week's fairway or four, uh, just a little report on last week. So last week we did kind of a holiday episode, and our fairway or fours are related to that. Uh. Eggnog was one of the fairway or fours, and we got a vote of 59% fairway, 41% four, so love to see that. I, I'm a big eggnog guy, Mitchell is not, uh, so I kind of win there, if you will. And then uh, opening holiday Christmas presents early, uh, fairway 28%, four seventy two. So don't open those presents early, you got to open them at Christmas Eve or even after, you know, the day of, on Christmas. You got to wait. Surprise, will still be there, still a good time. So for this week's Fairway or Four, Mitchell, hit me with it. What do you got? Um, I'm trying to think of which sport I want to go to. Uh, 
Well, let's let's go with a little basketball because that's really the only thing that's that's on right now. Um, so Nikola Jokic is Nikola Jokic is is having a, a pretty low key historic season and has not gotten shown very much love by uh, national media. Big shocker there. Um, and I think I, I kind of know where where the fans are going to go with this, especially being fans of us, because if you're fans of us, you're probably Nuggets fans. Um, but does Nikola Jokic deserve to be the MVP frontrunner right now? Is that a fair way or a four? Okay. Um, I will say it's that's a tough one because my heart – uh, says fairway, but with the team being 15 and 16 or 17 and 16 right now, I think is what they are. Um, I just don't think, I don't know. I've never said that you can have a valuable player on a bad, I've always thought that you can't have a valuable player on a mediocre team. Now that does take out the, the word most valuable player. Like where would the nuggets be without him? I think he's not played in four games this year and they lost all of those. So that goes to show you where they're at without him. Uh, but overall, uh, <clears throat> I would say no right now. I think Steph Curry's the guy, even though the Nuggets absolutely clamped him down last night. Um, I think I think I think it's four right now. But I want to say my heart wants to say fairway. Okay, so you're officially saying four, but I mean, and if people don't know what we're talking about, like the advanced metrics on him this year are absolutely through the roof. One of the biggest ones is he's got the highest, um, is it... PER, player efficiency rating? Yeah, the PER, um, he has the highest single season player efficiency rating of any player in NBA history. Um, Basically where the Nuggets are plus 14 when he's on the floor for the season and minus 11 when he's off the floor. Oh yeah, his his plus minus rating. Is that a plus minus? Yeah. Uh, well, I know that's a plus minus, but I thought it was the player efficiency rate. I mean, the player efficiency rating is like all time good too. I think it's top three for any season all time. But yeah, I think he's got the highest plus minus of any player ever, at least as of like a week ago. So um, he's having just an absolutely unbelievable season. And like Spencer said, it's it is a little sad. It's getting overshadowed by the fact that we are missing both of our other max players in Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray. Um, but I, I really do think that once Jamal comes back and, and gets in a groove, I think we're going to be really competitive in the Western Conference again come playoff time. So I would agree. All right, my fairway four is just going to be real simple. Since we're moving into the new year, New Year's resolutions. Should people do them? Should you have some? Should you make them life goals? Is it fake? Is it fake news? Like what? What's a New Year's resolution to you? I, I'm for on New Year's resolutions, just because they're. If you're really that that inclined and adamant about doing something, you're not going to wait till the first of the year to do it. You know, like gym memberships spike up crazy at the beginning of the every year, and then after three weeks, it's all cleared out. So, and just with other things like, uh, either it's drinking or it's this or you know what I mean, like. Any of that, it, if, if you feel strongly enough about it, you won't wait until the first of the year to do it. That's what, I don't want to get all, all deep here, but um, I'm, not a, I'm not a big resolution guy. I, 
I mean, it is nice to like turn over a new leaf and, and have an idea of what you want to do, but giving yourself a hard start date and a hard, you know what I mean? I just, I'm not a huge believer in that. I kind of think that in due time, if it's, if it needs to happen, it'll happen. So. All right, I feel that. I feel that. I'm uh, kind of the same way. I I always have a few. My New Year's resolution for like ten years in a row was to not cuss, and I made it through like two days once, and then it was over. You just kind of forget about it. But all right, folks. Well, that is it for us for this week and for this year. We appreciate you guys listening as always. Follow us on Twitter at dnbr underscore golf. I am at Big Drive Spence. He is at Big Drive Mitch. We will talk to you guys in 2022. Peace. 